Hello, and welcome to episode 335 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. Conference championships are behind us. Super Bowl is in front of us. Two more really good games in the books from Conference Championship Sunday. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. was not able to make it to the Chiefs-Bengals game. Uh, unfortunately, due to this damn virus that just, I don't know, I'm, I'm on, I know I'm, I'm at, like at the, the final hump, but I just, it's tough to get over this final hump. It's like about a cold for like four days in a row. The worst I think is behind me, but um, you know, it, it just, it, it sucks that I was unable to go to the game, but I'll tell you what, there were two great football games on Sunday and I was glad to be able to watch both of them. Yeah, it was really good. On today's show, we're going to do a little bit of a recap of Conference Championship, slightly look ahead to the Super Bowl. But yeah, we're obviously going to be covering the Super Bowl a ton, ton more in the days and weeks going forward. Stay tuned for our content schedule. Props are already going up, by the way. We took two things so far. If you guys are subscribers, you do have access to our subscriber-only Discord, in which we will be releasing all the props that we take for the Super Bowl. Again, we've already taken two, plus the NBA guys. If you have the NBA props package, continue to grind every night. Tons and tons and tons of props hitting at about a 60% rate, which is absolutely ridiculous. Before we get into today's show, I have to remind everyone, this sh- is show is indeed brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com. By the way, here in Colorado, prizepicks finally, finally got across the finish line and is legal. There are some stipulations you have to bet. I think it's four and five team uh, player parlays on props, on fantasy points to get there, but at least it's something. At least we are live in Colorado with prizepicks.com. If you're in the state of Colorado or Texas or California or a bunch of other states or Florida, a bunch of other states that don't have regulated sports betting, check out prizepicks. 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal or use the link in the show notes. Again, promo code ETR at prizepicks.com for the instant deposit bonus and the best deal. All right. Let's start with the NFC Championship game. You know, I really thought San Francisco was going to win. And and I talked about it on the betting show. Um, I thought that they had the best players on the field. I mean, Debo, Trent Williams, um, uh, George Kittle, three of the best players in the NFL. Trent Williams was clearly limited. And I think that affected San Francisco to some degree. But still, I think a really good win for the Rams, man. And one thing you notice, and I think this is important for the Super Bowl too, in the Rams stadium, I mean, it was covered in San Francisco fans. Absolutely covered. This did not feel like a home game. For the Rams, and I don't think there's really any home field advantage for the Rams, even though Super Bowl will be played in L.A. Generally speaking, though, Evan, what did you think of the NFC Championship game? I mean, Rams needed a 13-point fourth-quarter comeback to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think that the Rams were the superior team. Um, however, you know, you, you can only you have to acknowledge that the 49ers have played them tough consistently. I mean, the 49ers were definitely the more physical team. You go back and watch that game. Like the 49ers were extremely physical. At the end of the day, they could not get it done offensively from a quarterback standpoint and also from a running game standpoint. Their running game just never took off. Elijah Mitchell was held com- entirely in check by the Rams. And the Rams, uh, their pass rush really didn't, I don't, I don't think, affect the, the ultimate outcome of the game. What did affect uh, have the ultimate uh, effect on the game was the way that they played run defense, taking away what the 49ers wanted to do offensively. um, And then, 
you know, having the wherewithal to, to stay with it after falling behind 10 points and, mm-hmm. you know, continue to play explosive offense down the stretch and Cooper cup. I mean, he's the best receiver in the league and Odell Beckham is one hell of a compliment. We've talked about how Odell Beckham has started to look like his, tr- like truly like his old self. This was his best game uh, as a Ram. I thought so far, and he's had a number of pretty good games as a Ram. Yeah. Um, one of the stories of Super Bowl week is going to be Rams defensive line against Bengals offensive line, because obviously, even though like the public is going to see this as a huge mismatch, Brandon, I talked to Brandon Thorne. He's down in Mobile right now for the senior bowl. He's going to have his article up next week, looking at the trench matchups for the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, certainly will be a big story. Bengals offensive line, which we'll get to in a second here against Rams defensive line from a usage perspective, you know, Cam Akers hurt his shoulder. And so I didn't think he got punished for the fumbles in the divisional round, but I think he did, his role was limited by the shoulder. He only ended up playing 30 snaps, ran 15 routes, had 14 touches. So did Michelle, 44 snaps, 29 routes, 11 touches. The shoulder thing seems like something that Cam Akers can play through. What's your expectation going forward on this backfield? Did you think Cam was punished for the fumbles or how'd you see Akers versus Sony going? No, but the broadcast did mention that the Rams coaching staff had told them and those meetings that go on between the coaching staffs and the broadcast crew. I mean, they're, they're legit. They, they get Mm -hmm. legit, really good information during those meetings. Um, But the, the broadcast crew mentioned that the Rams did want to involve Sony Michelle more, not necessarily as punishment, to Cam Akers, but because Sony Michelle shouldn't be completely phased out. And we saw that in the game. It didn't really pay off for the Rams or anything like that. But I do think it would probably it will probably be more like a 60-40 in the Super Bowl. Other injury news from this game was the Tyler Higby thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Tyler Higby sprained his MCL as did CJ Azoma, which we'll get to in a second here. Unlike Drew Sample in a jar, Kendall Blanton has been like a legit player mm-hmm. for the Rams. I mean, imagine in one of the biggest game, one of the biggest plays in the biggest game of the year, you call like a flea flicker tight end dump mm-hmm. to Kendall Blanton. And it went for like 25 yards. I mean, it was a huge, huge play. They've been, I mean, you noticed too, they, they've been scripting plays to Kendall Blanton. So mm-hmm. I don't know a ton about this dude. He's 26 years old. He never had any stats before mm-hmm. this year. There's a chance he's going to have a pretty big role in the Super Bowl, though, if Tyler Higby can't go. What can you tell the people about Kendall Blanton, and what do you think about how he's been used in these games without Higby lately? Yeah, they picked him up in 2019 as an undrafted free agent out of Missouri, uh, just a developmental guy. And in between, they drafted Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue, I believe it was, in the fourth round. But, you know, which suggested, oh, maybe they were moving on from Kendall Blanton. Uh, And, you know, they and Tyler Higby had some big time moments in between. And it kind of looked like maybe Kendall Blanton would fall to number three behind those guys. But no, Kendall Blanton has clearly outplayed Bryson Hopkins, who wasn't even active for the game on Sunday. And the week before that, they threw like a comeback sideline route to Kendall Blanton. That's a wide receiver route that you don't see backup tight ends, let alone many starting tight ends running routes Mm -hmm. like that and drawing targets on on plays like that. Uh, from Matthew Stafford. Now I I said, uh, or from any quarterback, but uh, you know, and I said on last week's show, like don't fall for the Kendall Blanton thing. Like he ran four routes. He played eight snaps, but you know, I didn't know that Tyler Higby was going to get hurt on the second possession. And then, you know, Kendall Blanton takes over the Tyler Higby role. And I mean, he's plenty athletic, you know, he's paid his dues, you know, on this team, he knows the offense. He's been around for multiple seasons at this point. And 
Um, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, they were aggressive, you know, getting, getting him chances uh, in yeah. that, in that role that is not necessarily a high volume role. So, I mean, I, I, it sounds like Tyler Higby has a chance to play in the Super Bowl, but if he doesn't, we're definitely going to be looking at Ken- Kendall Blanton as a potential DFS play. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Sean McVay does not stray from his personnel. They're going to play, no matter who's out there, they're going to play 11 personnel, three wide receiver, one tight end all the time. And so, you know, it's very clear, like, what they're going to do. You mentioned the Odell Beckham thing. I mean, you know, we talked about how it was clear Odell was starting to separate from Van Jefferson more and more and more and more. And this was kind of the culmination of it in the championship game. Odell goes off for 9-1-13-0 on 11 targets. I don't know what else to say about Cooper Cup, man. I mean, and I was thinking about some lineups on Sunday that uh, didn't, some head-to-head lineups on Sunday that didn't include Cooper Cup, but did include Kelsey. And I was like, you know, I'm playing Cooper Cup, like, period. Um, Ended up not working out because I had to play Higby and Uzoma in that lineup to get Cup, which they both uh, got hurt. But nevertheless, this is a forward-thinking show. All right. Anything else you want to say on the Rams or the 49ers before we move on? Uh, We can move forward. Okay. This Bengals game, man, I mean, out of the gate, it looked like the Bengals were going to get absolutely wrecked. I mean, they were down 21-3. It looked like they just didn't show up. And the Kansas City, like, everything people were saying before the game was going to come true. There's no way that the Bengals defense can stop Patrick Mahomes. This offense was saving it all for the postseason. They were saving all their best plays, their best players for the postseason. And they're going to blow out the Bengals. They get down 21-3. And then... Something happened, man. Like, I don't know what happened in the second half. This was like the worst I've seen Patrick Mahomes play. And this was, he was like back in the pocket for like seven, eight seconds with nobody open. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if that's Travis Kelsey age model stuff. I don't know if that's double teams on Tyreek Hill. But it was just weird watching Patrick Mahomes like drop back and have nothing to do with the ball and make poor decisions. So I don't know if you have a take on what happened in the second half comeback here with the Chiefs, because I do think it's a factor because the Bengals defense clearly showed, I mean, they can rise up and play a really good game when they need to. So what do you think as a whole of the AFC championship game? Well, I have a conspiracy theory as to why Patrick Mahomes played poorly in the second half. And it would begin with the possession after the Samaj Pirine 41-yard screen pass touchdown, which every other screen pass to Samaj Pirine was just a dust play. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but but this one was was a, a touchdown. And then the Chiefs get the ball back with enough time to go down. And they do. And, you know, they've got an opportunity at the uh, right at the end of the first half. And Andy Reid is like adamant that all right, we have to get three points out of this. Like we have to. But Pat Mahomes looks at him and says, yeah, but I, like we, I want to score a touchdown here. You know, I want, I want to score a touchdown and we can do it. And Andy Reid always, tr- you know, ultimate players coach. This is why players love him. Says, of course, Pat, but just, you know, make sure that we have enough time to, you know, kick the field goal. Pat Mahomes ends up throwing the ball into Tyreek Hill uh, in the flat. They get nothing. Andy Reid gets legitimately pissed <laughs> and yells at Pat Mahomes, maybe even fr- in front of other players. And that just kind of set like, Andy Reid doesn't yell at players, right? He, he doesn't he doesn't get mad, you know, but in this particular instance, you know, emotions are running high. This is the most important game of the season. And it, it rattles Patrick Mahomes or maybe it rattles, you know, some of his teammates or something like that. And I'm, I'm not trying to assign blame. I'm just saying what might have happened, you know, in the course, of, in the heat of battle. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, that kind of sticks with him. I mean, Patrick Mahomes played like shit in the second half, you know, and it's like, 
I don't know, I'm, I'm throwing Frisbees at the wall here, but you know, and I have no idea what happened, but I mean, that's just kind of like maybe a scenario that I think could maybe unfold to lead to that because there is no other rational explanation considering how hot the chiefs came out. I mean, people were saying legitimately again, stupid shit about, <laughs> about what the, about the chiefs that they were like the most unbeatable team in the history of the NFL after one and a half quarters. I mean, <laughs> people were literally saying things like this, you know? And so what, what is the explanation for them all of a sudden just like, you know, falling off of a cliff? I don't know, but that, that would be my best guess at, at the explanation for why. Uh, I mean, they had some bad games this year. I mean, to so yeah. call them like unstoppable, I mean, they went through a stretch this year where they were not playing well, period. So it's not that crazy to think that their offense could fail for an entire second half. You know, they had some really they bad games. They also have been a little bit of an outburst team. Like, you know, they will have quarters where they literally score four touchdowns in the same quarter and then maybe mm-hmm. score one touchdown in the other three quarters. I mean, they, they do have a little bit of a tendency to be like, you know, uh, an outburst team. And they certainly were in this instance, but still playing at the level that they did in the second half compared to how they did for most of the first half. I, I, it, it was wild. It was wild to watch. I, I think they, they need weapons too. Like, and I've been saying this mm-hmm. for a couple of years now, you cannot go to battle with an older Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey and only Tyree kill. And then back that up with like Byron Pringle, Nicole Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson. Like, I know they tried to get Juju Smith Schuster. It didn't work out. You know, maybe they'll try to get someone like Odell Beckham, uh, this offseason in free agency or, or who knows, but they need something. I mean, they need playmakers for Patrick Mahomes badly. Anyways, story is Smoking Joe and the Bengals. You know, I think Zach Taylor at times frustrates us and the fantasy community by being too conservative at times. When they get down 21 3, though, you know that he has to put his foot on the gas. Doesn't matter. And that's when things start to get exciting. So not only was Joe Burrow forced to be more aggressive, but CJ Ozoma leaves after I believe it was six routes that CJ Ozoma ran. After that, not only is Joe Burrow more aggressive, but he's throwing more to the elite wide receivers, to Joe Mixon, to Piran, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, second NFL season, going to the Super Bowl, toast of the town. I mean, just really, really, really impressive stuff from Joe Burrow. What did you think of the Bengals' performance offensively against the Chiefs? Yeah, and I loved how, oh, man, he's so tough. He's a tough SOB, man. I mean, you know, what was his rushing prop? I mean, he sailed over that thing. Man. Yeah, it was like 10 yards. Yeah, I, it might even be less than that. I think it might have been like an eight or something like that. Yeah. I, or at least on, on, on the day of the game, because I, I remember I bet it. And it was just, it was easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was out there running in the middle of the field. Like, he, he was, he's an, he's, he's a baller, man. He's his- an absolute baller. His rushing prop for the Super Bowl opened 10 and a half. I think it's 11 and a half now. Okay. Um, I, I would expect that to keep rising if you like that one. We don't have it projected mm-hmm. that way, but I think like the narrative around, hey, these guys, mm-hmm. quarterbacks run more in the playoffs is likely true. And so like our baselines don't account for that when maybe they should, if you follow what I'm saying. And I think the Chiefs in general did a pretty good job in coverage on Jamar Chase, a little bit less, a little bit to a lesser extent on uh, T Higgins. But, I mean, they these guys were not getting free stuff. Like, these guys were – especially Jamar Chase. I mean, everything that came to him, almost everything was contested. Um, this team just absolutely battled, man. They never gave up. It, you know, the, the it, they I guess they, you know, would have, would have had room to give up. I mean, they were getting absolutely shellacked through a quarter and a half, but they, they stayed with it. They also caught some breaks, you know. 
Um, the, the stuff that happened at the end of the first half with the Chiefs. Um, also, you know, that turnover that happened deep in um, deep in Kansas City territory. Uh, you know, the, uh, the interception that Mahomes threw. But um, I mean, shoot, that it was it, it was just it was an absolutely awesome football game. Yeah. Um, difference between Kendall Blanton and Drew Sample is that Drew Sample, like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like he's capable of earning targets. No. And when he does, they're like super short. So Drew Sample did run 30 routes on 44 dropbacks after Zoma left, but two targets, both of them were short. It's just, it's hard for me to get excited about Drew Sample, even if Zoma was out. Do you have the same take there? Absolutely. Drew Sample is classic catch and fall guy. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's really a blocking tight end. Shouldn't be out there commanding targets at all. CJ Ozoma was in great spirits after the game. I have no idea. He was crying as he was carted off, but then he was in great spirits after the game. I think they got really good news on his MRI. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he, uh, hopefully he gets to play in the Super Bowl. He, I mean, he's a guy that like, he, he's, a, he's an easy to root for guy. He's, he's, he's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it for sure. He, it seems like he has the same injury as Higby also, both sprained mm -hmm. MCLs, both in a race to get ready for the game. Uh, one other, two other things I want to note. First on the running backs, um, you know, we bet Joe Mixon under receiving yards uh, in the conference championship. We bet this a few times throughout the year. We bet it again in the Super Bowl. And it's mostly because we know that in strict passing situations, they're going to Samaj P. Ryan. That doesn't mean that Joe Mixon can't get there. Joe Mixon still ran 22 yeah. routes on 44 Joe Burrow dropbacks, but it, it all comes in base on third downs and clear pass downs. It's Samaj P. Ryan, and that's where you see like on a two-game slate, you can use Samaj P. Ryan in DFS because he can catch a few balls. He can take one for a 41-yard touchdown on a screen pass. So just wanted to mention that. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that I think the public overestimates the difference between usage in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like in any given game, including the Super Bowl, T. Higgins could see more targets than Jamar Chase last two weeks. T. Higgins, 19 targets. Jamar Chase, 15. Of course, in the wildcard round, Jamar Chase had 12 targets. T. just four. But again, like public is going to be all over Jamar Chase. I think DFS players and fantasy players know that T. is really not that far behind. And dude is a baller. Also, he's just not as big of an alpha as Jamar Chase. Anything on that Cincinnati running backs or Cincinnati wide receivers before we get out of here? No, I think we hit it pretty in depth. All right. We're going to do some showdown shows. I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to Leone's podcast, Establish the Edge. It is indeed free. You can find it at the same places that you find these podcasts. And he's going to go in depth with a more macro perspective with Cody, of course, our showdown virgin specialist on uh, showdown strategy. We're going to talk more next week, me, Evan, and Wiggins, and then also me, Leone, and Cody also about more micro stuff and how to play showdown ahead of the Super Bowl. Be sure you're tuned in for props. Also, we'll probably fire off some fun ones too, even if they're not massively plus EV, just to get a little bit of a sweat because the Super Bowl, and, and I have to remind myself that we're here to have fun, not just to grind our cocks off for EV, and we can take some silly Super Bowl props. Four, Evan. For producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.